One Pills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Every time I walk in here, it's the same feeling. Everybody's got the same hopes and dreams. Win big in Vegas. Go home a champion. That one on the move. Look at him walk it downfield. First and goal, Buffalo. And the crowd is into it early. Through four games, Buffalo has been the best team in the AFC. Comes Allen and caught for the touchdown. They look unstoppable. Sensational on both sides of the ball. And he's set. Picked off. And Vanessa is going to go. Buffalo Bills are the real deal. They're back representing the AFC. But most of the time, those dreams are met with despair and disappointment. Kick. Perfect. And the Broncos have come to Buffalo, and they're going to leave with a win. I don't know what to do with the Bills. Still no run game, still lots of turnovers. Sometimes you're down so bad, you're not sure you'll ever make it out. Hurts to the end zone, and the Eagles have won it in overtime. You hear the voices. Feel the eyeballs staring at you. Right now, the Bills are 10th in the AFC. Jeff Saturday, are they done? They're done. I just think they peaked. I don't have them making the playoff. What leaves you still confident after it's been so many weeks of kind of the same story here? Because we've done it before. But you know, with the odds stacked against you and nothing to lose, all you need is a seat at the table. Because you know you're about to go on a run. talk about the Buffalo Bills. The only thing that matters, man, get a dub. They have fixed their offensive problem. Oh, Diggs, are you serious? I feel like I'm back. Stout running game, physical both sides of the ball. That's the scary Buffalo. You guys told me you felt rejuvenated. Why? Let James Cook. He scores again. The Cook is in the kitchen. On behalf of the American Football Conference, do not let this team get into the tournament. 17's a tough hand. 17 is our lucky number. He's dynamic. This is next level. Wide open touchdown. Allen's going to take touchdown Buffalo. And sometimes you realize you don't need the perfect hand. That's the AFC Championship. You just need to play the cards you're dealt. All right, put your helmets on at home, everybody. My goodness. Let's go. The playoff hype video (laughs) has been released. If you haven't seen it, get on buffalobills.com and let the chicken skin run all over your body. (laughs) Goosebumps from head to toe. My goodness. Steve Tasker's done it again. The crew did a great job. I'm telling you, they, you know, they, you know this too, Brownie. It's not just our little group in here, our control that they do such a great job for you. We've got an ocean of people, but we've got a whole crew of people that are really talented, and they they put all that together, got the extras together, got the you know made made the arrangements. It's great. Um, Came out very nice. We've got a lot of good comments on the on the hype video. So I'm congratulations to the guys over in the creative and the shooters and the all that. So if, if you are a fan. And you're coming to the game. You need a little extra juice coming into the stadium. Just rip that off on your phone 
and turn the volume all the way up. My goodness, are we ready for playoff football or what? Yeah. The answer is a yes with a capital Y. And uh, the most interesting development concerning the game is the weather, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our local meteorologists, in fact, are predicting the potential for a persistent lake effect snow ban yep. to set up shop here on Sunday. Now, <sighs> we all know there is a wide range of what that could bring, but the possibility certainly exists for snow at a rate of one, two, sometimes three inches an hour. So we'll have to see what that brings. I think the concern with that, though, Steve, is weather like that, which, as you mentioned yesterday, could include 25-mile-per-hour winds, can level the playing field for the Steelers against a Bills team that I would say the majority believe is the superior team. They're the favorite, yeah. And they become, I think, less of a favorite in conditions like that. Certainly, they've got some experience playing and stuff like this. You know, they did it last year against Miami in a slight down in a slight snowstorm. They've had bad weather. Did games not here go before. well against Cincinnati last year. They uh, had problem with footing. It didn't go well again in the wind game against New England three years ago. Um, there's all this kind of stuff going on, and all the stuff that gives you pause. And you kind of figure this with the way the Steelers are built and the way they run the football. It's going to be a close game, you know, kind of one of those grinded out games. And now with the weather like this, and you, you're right, there is a wide range of of possibilities at this time of year for the weather to be. But now that we get the weather getting closer, it looks like the spectrum is yeah. shifting towards the bad end of it. The best you can hope for is going to be bad. And wind chills as well. So make sure if you're coming to the game, you layer up because um, it's going to be chilly. Uh, to be, say the least. It might be chilly, yeah. But, it's, yeah, oof. which way the wind is blowing, you know, from what direction the wind is coming out of could very well determine just how weather-impacted this game could be. So something to keep an eye on for the rest of the week. And I'll say this. I know usually about 48 hours out, meteorologists feel pretty comfortable about whatever model they might have for two days. Like two yeah. days out, they're usually pretty bang on with Obviously, stuff. yeah. The closer it gets, the clo- the better they're going to be. And, and you're right. They, if, it's a, if it's a lake effect snow chance, we all know it depends on which way the wind's blowing. It could go north or south of the stadium. If it hits the stadium, bro, it's ugly. Yeah, buckle up. It's ugly. We'll see. Yeah. We're going to see. I, it's funny, too, because Jim Nance and Tony Romo are going to do the game. Right. They may be here till Wednesday. Well, from what we understand. <laughs> right. Yeah, from what we understand, it's supposed to be even worse on Monday than it is on Sunday. Sunday is when the weather is supposed to take a turn for the worse, but it's supposed to be even worse than that come Monday. Where, you know, we could be looking at stuff like school closings, business closings, that kind of weather, which yeah. we're accustomed to people are, here I in mean, Western yeah. New York. But I've got, obviously, I got people know I'm local. I got grandkids. Their school's already called. For next Monday? Yeah. School's already called.
Oh, yes. There's no school Monday. Right, it's Martin Luther right. King Day. So that's good. Oh, well, that's, that actually right. is It wasn't because of the weather, I guess. But, yeah. I knew, I knew they weren't having weather, and I thought for sure it was the weather. It's not. It's Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. I knew they weren't having school on Monday. Okay. I'm, I am engaged well, enough for that. Well, yeah, we're going to dodge a bullet there um, because it's looking like weather would have closed school anyway, and businesses for that matter, um, based on what the forecast is shaping up to be Sunday into Monday because it's supposed to continue to deteriorate in terms of the conditions. So make sure you're layered up. You may even want to throw a shovel in the back of your car if you're coming to the game, uh, you know, so you can clear your tire tracks and stuff like that so you can get out without literally spinning your wheels, especially if you're in one of the lots that does not have concrete. Yeah. You yeah. Bring maybe the, bring a couple extra bring the all-wheel slabs of cardboard. All-wheel, full-wheel drive and shovels. Stick those and, under the tires. Yeah, all that stuff. Oof. Yeah, bro. Hey, man, as long as you got the right amount of layers, you're fine. You're fine. There is no bad weather, just bad gear. Yeah. The last thing you you want to be cold are your hands and your feet. Hands, your feet, and your head. If you can do that, you can pretty much, you know, weather wear, it. Wear yeah. your skivvies and you're all right. Well, I, I don't know about that. Uh, pretty much. Not, <laughs> not completely. Maybe you, Mr. Outdoor Winter Camper, not me. Uh, I don't play that game. Layer it up. I'd rather have so much that I got to take it off rather than be standing there going, I wish I had another layer. You yeah. say that all the time. I know. Let my, fam- my kids, all of them, and now that they're older, probably teaching their own kids this now too. The thing I used to tell all my kids all the time about going to the games, being outside, you can't put it on if you don't bring it with you. Yeah. So don't underpack for the game on Sunday. Yeah. Better to overestimate poor conditions you can take it off and leave it behind but you can't go get it once you're there yeah uh so there's that and we should tell you that this week's wild card game against the steelers is presented by this year's playoff presenting sponsor northtown automotive companies the official automotive dealer of the buffalo bills in fact maddie glab and myself will be on location at uh northtown automotive out on millersport highway tomorrow to do the show from 1 to 3 p.m. So feel free to swing by, check us out, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll have fun out there tomorrow, so be sure to catch the show if you wish, 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow. Um, but we got plenty to get to today, most notably practice, which is taking place in the field house today. I was kind of curious about that. My guess is Coach McDermott will have him out in the stadium tomorrow because um, you want to get used to the conditions. Yeah. Well, tomorrow. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, you want to get used to it, but you also want to get work in. And you don't want to go out there and, and have somebody slip and blow an MCL, you know, blow a knee out, twist an angle on, on slippery surfaces. and do. All, and pl- you want to get in full speed work. We used to practice inside as well when we could or when it was half to. But only time we did was when it was actively bad right when we needed to practice. Then we would go inside. But we didn't have this facility all the time. And once they did get this facility, the, the field house, then you could get good work in during the week, even if the weather was bad. And then if you wanted to go out and get used to the, to the elements, you go out for like a, you know, a quick, you know, a quick outdoor thing, particularly since they got a, the setup here is perfect now. They can just hop outside real quick, do a couple of, of uh, segments of practice outside, then come back in and get some good work in. So mm-hmm. um, they'll do the best they can to get ready. But like I said, I've, st- I've told you this before, Brownie, the big thing about handling the elements for a player, the advantage you get of living in it. The, 
the well, that's why I'm hoping they're outside yeah, tomorrow. They think about that. You can think about what you're going to do. You can get the stuff ready. You can have it ready. You can be no. You you can get at peace with your game day. I guess like a like a soccer term. You can get together with your get at peace with your game day kit. What layers you're going to wear? What shoes you're going to wear? What what clothes? All that you can get that together and know that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big load off most guys' mind when you come in and get off the plane from the south. You don't even know if you own the right stuff. To get through this game, you, it's it, it's a roll of the dice. You have no idea if you're going to have what you need because you don't know what you need. Right. You don't even know what to ask for. And just having that off your mind, man, that's a huge relief. Yeah, where I've enjoyed you mentioned soccer. Where I've enjoyed that the most is when the U.S. has a game against one of the Caribbean nations in their region, <laughs> and the U.S. Purp- purposely plays the game in Minneapolis or somewhere up north. So last year, I can't remember if it was the Nations Cup or the CONCACAF qualifying, whatever it was. <laughs> they've got, I'm not joking, they've got El Salvador up in Minneapolis playing in January. Is that like or a, not January, I'm sorry, it was November. Was, it, was that an outdoor venue? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was awesome. You... It, you could that's gamesmanship at if its you best. could if you could portray misery with body language the players on El Salvador's bench <laughs> were it and i mean you knew the us had the game won oh that is and canada does the same thing sure um, you know yeah oh yeah we got this outdoor venue here i know there's snow here on the sidelines but you know we're playing soccer today let's go yeah it's pretty good to see that. Um, don't know that we have that advantage this week because Pittsburgh's just down the throughway here. But uh, there is some other Bills news, some roster news practice squad-wise. A.J. Klein, veteran linebacker, signed back to the Bills practice squad, and they released Ilianku, the defensive tackle, to make room for him. Um what this is in response to, I guess, remains to be seen. We know Tyrell Dotson's dealing with a shoulder injury, but he surprisingly practiced on a limited basis yesterday. We'll see what the practice report is uh, later this afternoon as they're just getting out there now. But veteran insurance, I would guess, at that position. And the other news, Bill's punter, Sam Martin, has been named AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for December. So congrats to Sam Martin. You know, the first half of the season was a little up and down for him, but you want to talk about finishing with a flourish. Sam Martin did that in spades. I mean, he had the one game uh, against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Dropping him inside the five. Man, a lot. Six inside the ten, three inside the five. Awesome night. Yeah. So, I mean, he was phenomenal uh, in the month of December in terms of flipping the field, especially when the offense was going through their doldrums, not getting off to a good start. You know, something like, for example, um, the Chargers game didn't get off to a good start, and he's flipping the field routinely, giving long fields to the defense. Did the same thing in the Patriots game. So just some numbers really quick. Martin led the AFC – in the percentage of punts inside the 20, almost two-thirds. He led the league in December and January 
in percentage of punts inside the 10, almost 30%, and percentage of punts inside the five-yard line, almost 12%, and limited opponents to an average starting field position of their own 19-yard line that led all AFC punters. That's big. I mean, that's, that's a clean sweep. That game he put together against New England was spectacular. Um, and, and it really do, it gives the indication now, in, in today's NFL, I've said it before, it's really difficult to make a difference on special teams with a superlative play because you can't get an edge kind of because of player safety and the rules and alignment and all the things that are, that are in place now. That is the way. That is the spot where you can make a difference, and you can bet. You can see. Go back and watch that game. Over the course of that game, it just started to squash the Patriots. They just. It was like, oh god, another another four yard line here. You know, another two yard line. Another. It was a. It was really oppressive to them, and that's that's basically one of the best ways, aside from making a, you know, a long field goal. Uh, that's the way you can gain an edge on special teams, and it's a grinder over the course of a long, long game, four quarters of a game, to consistently put your team back there. Man, it's, that is the spot in special teams where you can make a big difference and, yeah. you know, with a superlative play. Punting could, could be an adventure this week, Oof. as well as punt returning, for that matter. <laughs> uh, I get, get away from the ball. Yeah, there should be – I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never been a real big gambler. I don't gamble at all, but – I, the over-under is like 1.5 punts caught in this game. Forget about returned. Just fair caught anything. Yeah. You're not going to want anything to do with those things. Yeah, you're right about that. So we'll pass along a practice update to you when we have the chance. Um, we'll go quickly around the NFL here because it was a pretty seismic day uh, yesterday in terms of the head coaching news that came out. Not only did... Alabama football coach Nick Saban call it a career, but Bill Belichick and the Patriots are parting ways. Um, So two guys who ironically coached with one another and have a lot of mutual respect are arguably the two most successful head coaches at their respective levels, certainly of this generation and maybe ever. Um, Seven national titles for Nick Saban, Six Super Bowls as a head coach for Bill Belichick. You won two more with the Giants as yeah. a defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but it looks like Belichick does want to coach somewhere else and keep coaching. Obviously, he's got Don Shula's all-time wins record in his sights, and he's only 13 wins away from that, I believe. So. Right. You figure he's going to go at least a couple of more seasons. I don't know if he's going to get dropped into a situation where he can win 13 games yeah, next year. Yeah, and there's already, obviously, when something like this happens, particularly in the NFL level, and I, I don't know about Saban, Saban's retiring. Yes. Uh, Belichick is not. No. And so, obviously and automatically, everybody who does anything in our business, in our radio business, talk business, TV panel shows, they're all speculating about where he's going to land. Atlanta seems to have their sights set on him. Um, you know, they other teams have been mentioned as well. Yep. But you've got you think about Belichick's available, Vrabel's available. Um, 
those are two guys that are really attractive to a lot of people. And you've got seven, jo- six jobs, seven jobs open. Pete Carroll still wants to coach. Well, he's going to be an advisor, though, for the Seahawks. Yeah. He still wants to coach. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, it's been reported he still wants to coach. And I'll bet, and, and yeah, I'm, it's amazing the coaches that are available out there um, in this cycle. Um, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick. Now, the, the problem is obvious. Belichick's in his 70s. Pete Carroll's in his 70s. But Vrabel's an attractive uh, commodity for everybody. But he seems to like be the heir apparent to getting plugged back into the Patriots franchise where he played so well for so long. Um, really an interesting coaching carousel this offseason. We call it that because it's a thing. Um, there's always six well, think about jobs this. available. You've got a quarter of the league looking for head coaches. That's right. It's 18th. Usually, eight's usually the max. That's high. Yeah, it's high. That's the max. It usually is at least four, four to six. Four, five, six, yeah. But eight's a lot. It's a lot. Plus, you don't forget either, a couple of these, a couple of them were fired in season. I mean, they were working on interim coaches. The Raiders, the Panthers, and the Chargers were all working with interim head coaches. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be an unbelievable flurry of interviews, of hirings and firings. We've also had coaches, head coaches, who are working, like all of Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, who fired a bunch of coaches. Chicago fired every offensive coach they had below the head coach, the coordinator and everybody on down. Everybody's gone on the offensive side of the ball. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say there were a couple of surprises. The Pete Carroll thing was a surprise. I think the Mike Vrabel firing was a little bit of a surprise. The other ones, less so. Talking to Patriots people when they were in town here a couple of weeks ago, many of that cover that team felt that it had run its course between Kraft and Belichick. You know, you're talking pretty much a quarter of a century almost. So, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. And the concern is that other coaching staffs will get raided because assistants will be given promotions to come to some of these new staffs. That, that's sure. your concern. That's, that's always a concern. Um, and here's the thing. Think about it. There's – 2,000, well, let's say 50 guys on 32 teams. How, what's that number? I don't know. Uh, it's like a 1,000. It's, 150. Yeah, it's like 1,700 guys plus. Well, there's like 30 coaches on every staff. And when you start talking about eight staffs, that's 240 guys that are out of work. Uh, now, not all of them are going to jump right back in. Like, like you get guys who have been head coach, like Josh McDaniel, you know Frank Reich. Some of these guys are like, going, "Listen, I don't want, I don't want to jump back into it right as a coordinator right now, right? If you want to talk to me as a head guy, I'll give you an interview, but I'm not, I'm not going back and jumping into an 18 hour a day tree grinder to be a coordinator, right? That, that I've a ton, I've heard a lot of former head coaches say that it's just too much <laughs> tree grinder. Yeah. <laughs> so it, but you got 250 guys or so that are out of work as NFL head coach or NFL coaches, assistant coaches, yeah. coordinators, all of that. They all, all the whole staff is out when that happens. Cause the head coach, one of the things you do, think about it. 
you get a job all of a sudden and you're pulling down at minimum five million bucks a year and you get to pick the guys are going to help you keep that job you're going with guys you trust guys you know and that you come in there and they're they've got some guys on staff and it's like well i don't you know you're gonna have to fill your staff out no question and maybe not you don't have 35 guys on a short list but some of those guys may get held over but some of them it's like no man i got my own guy yeah you know i owe him <laughs> right the famous tony dungy and and uh uh you know his famous line he goes to uh wow my former head coach of the coach arizona state was a head coach of the jets you play to win the herm game edwards. herm edwards he goes to herm edwards and says you owe me so Herm's like, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, you owe me. So Herm had to go coach for Tony. Right? It's that kind of thing. When I got this job, I need your help. Yeah. It's, you know, the turmoil Do I is, have to? The turmoil is unbelievable. You got yeah. 240 guys and their families. It's, it's crazy. Oh, it is. It's, man, you want to know what people got? You, did you ever think about coaching? No. How about no? <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. I am not I am not moving this year to Minneapolis and then next year to San Francisco and the year at, and two years after that to what? Yeah. Nashville or somewhere. You know, you just don't no. No thanks. Yeah. Dude, it's a lifestyle as you say. Oof. Uh, the only other bit of around the NFL news to bring you Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick uh, interviewed by the media down in Pittsburgh, he said he does intend to play on Sunday against the Bills. He's been dealing with a knee injury. He's a pretty important piece on the back end of that Pittsburgh defense. So it looks like he will be back in the lineup on Sunday. Also wanted to remind you that we've got the football relationship hotline. It is Thursday, and every Thursday, Steve and I help you with your football viewing priorities this time of year. We know that life, work, Family can all get in the way of your football viewing priorities. So if you have a problem, you're in a dilemma, and you need help, call us today, 803-0550, and we're happy to give you a solution. Had a couple of interesting ones last week. We enlightened some people. We helped some people. We're here to help you. It is our weekly public service. So if you have an issue Especially with this weekend's game. We're talking playoffs now, people. Everything else has got to get out of the way. Got to clear the decks here. So if you need help clearing your deck, you let us know. We'll come up with a solution for you. And Football Relationship Hotline presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Buffalo Bills. We've got to take a break here because when we return, we are going to be joined by our good friend from CBS Sports, Aditi Kinkabwala. She covers much of the AFC North most of the season. We're going to get the 411 on the Steelers from her when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back. One Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We're still uh, waiting to connect with Aditi Kinkabwala from CBS Sports, so we'll catch up with her here Shortly, I think maybe the most interesting thing about the Steelers, Steve, is since they made their offensive coordinator change, they promoted their running backs coach, Eddie Faulkner, after firing Matt Canada, 
right before Thanksgiving, they and we talked to Dan Orlovsky about this a little bit yesterday. There's there's no surprises. Their offensive approach is very much like Buffalo's defenses appro- defensive approach used to be. We're just going to line up and play, and you try to stop us. That's their offensive approach, and it is straight ahead, coming downhill, see if you got enough to neutralize us and make us one-dimensional, and then they rely on their defense to force takeaways to get extra possessions for their offense, but get used to a ball control control the clock kind of style from yeah. Pittsburgh with every so often a deep shot. Now they had the uh, when they they made if they made the switch like in November for the Cincinnati game uh, or just after the Cincinnati game, they won 16-10, then they scored 10 points against Arizona, 18 points against the Patriots and the 13 points against Indianapolis is a three-game losing streak. And then they switch over to Mason Rudolph. Then they scored 34-30 and then 17 against the Ravens this last yeah, week. They're averaging 27 a game with yeah. him in the lineup. Yeah, 34-30 and then 17. They're, they, they, do, they can light it up a little bit. So with that, we turn to our good friend from CBS Sports, Aditi Kinkabwala, who joins us now on the line. Aditi, good to see you. Long time no see. Good to have you back. How you been? It is so good to be here, and um, I'm sorry I'm smiling so big, but I'm just thinking about how I'm making my son proud. Oh, there you go. That's right. You do have the small, <laughs> the small child who's you know a, an embarrassment to your family as a Bills fan, right? They're living in well, Pittsburgh. Well, not to the family, only to the husband. But yeah. I will tell you, I will start with a personal story, if that's okay. Sure. I was in LA this weekend. I had the Chiefs Chargers game. I was on the sideline for that. It snowed in Pittsburgh. My husband sends me a picture of my son in his Bill's hat next to a snowman that he had made, and the snowman is wearing a Steelers hat. And when I came home, I asked Nico, I said, why'd you put the Steelers hat on the snowman? And he said, because the snowman was going to melt, just like you know who. Wow. 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 <laughs> is that awful? Is yeah. that terrible? No, that's now, not hold awful. On a second. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Nico's my favorite. I mean, it's terrible because it's creating major so let's, conflict in I've my never marriage. met my him. My husband messages me regularly to say, this Bills thing really needs to fade and go away. This is really annoying <laughs> right. me. And I just told him I'm done talking about it. I've Be never, proud that your son goes his own way. I've met, I've never, mind of his own. <laughs> I've never met Nico, but he is automatically my favorite. Um, <laughs> so, Aditi, are you working this weekend anywhere? Oh, Very funny that you say that. I am indeed supposed to be in Kansas City for the Dolphins Chiefs, but I literally just got a message saying my flight has been canceled. So um, ostensibly I am working, but we'll see with all the weather. I was just going to say, I was just going to say you're in a house divided. That might not be a good place to be this Sunday um, (laughs) with the the situation. Well, you know what? Nico will be home to cheer for his bills. Matt will be on a plane. He has a works trip overseas. Oh, okay. So okay. All right. he so can deal with his Steelers. There will be peace in the Kinkabala house. To. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> let's let's begin with, with the Mason Rudolph phenomenon. Um, you know, since he's taken over, they've won three games in a row. Coach Tomlin says he's staying with the hot hand. Uh, even though he curiously still has Kenny Pickett listed as the starter on the depth chart. People are having a field day with that in Pittsburgh, I hear. Um, but they're av- you can't knock the results. I mean, they're averaging 27 points a game with him in the lineup, and it's not like he's done anything spectacular in the passing game, but he's made this offense 
more functional, and has given them just enough in the passing game, it seems, to keep opposing defenses honest. He's very coolly, calmly, and in an experienced way standing in the pocket and going through his progressions and doing exactly what you said, what he needs to do. And guys, this is in a lot of ways very similar to the Joe Flacco situation. And I'll explain it this way. Mason Rudolph was legitimately thinking about and looking into what next year would be. And next year was not in the National Football League. He had already started the process of this is what my job will be. This is where I will live. These are the things I'm going to do. So in so many ways, Mason Rudolph is playing free right now. There's no burden on him. There's no expectation. There's just merely, hey, I'm going out and doing something. And we heard Mason say this a week ago when he said, I already fulfilled my dream. My dream was to play in the NFL and I've done it. So in that sense, when you're not carrying any weight on your shoulders, it's that much easier to just go out there and do what you know. Yeah, this and this team, you know, it's a it's a run first offense. But in the, against the Bengals, against the Seahawks, they hung thirty points on those guys, uh, and that's something that they had struggled to do throughout most for of the years. season. Yeah, for most of the season, anyway. <laughs> in this this iteration, now of course they run into a buzzsaw in Baltimore, and those guys are hard to score on. And seventeen points, they still get the win, but they don't score as many points. But there is something in there, even though they're a Najee Harris and a Jalen Warren kind of team, scoring points is still you know, the golden ticket in the NFL playoffs, and they seem to be able to do it. Sure, except you know what? I might even disagree with you very respectfully and say the Steelers' best chance Sunday is to have one of those dirty, grimy, close games, which they are so good at. And if they can somehow go Josh Allen, who's just, I mean, in so many ways, he's like a Ben Roethlisberger. He's feast or famine. You know, didn't we just right. see that on Sunday? I, I was telling you, I was in L.A., and before I get on the plane, he's thrown these two dumb interceptions in the first quarter. He ends the game having thrown for 300 yards. So which Josh Allen are you going to see? And if you can somehow goad him into that inconsistent one, keep the game close, keep the keep the ground game going, eat up clock, I don't know. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not like I'm calling the Steelers to win here, and especially without T.J. Watt. The Steelers are 1-10 in without T.J. Watt. I was just telling the story. The last time I was in Buffalo for a Steelers at Bills game, it was T.J. Watt who single-handedly basically ended the game and beat the Bills. If you remember, that was a COVID year. That's right. I think that was the COVID year, right? Was that the COVID year? I think it was the 21 Uh, opener. Yeah, it was 21 opener. Oh, okay. It was just when COVID had ended and we were back on the field. Yes. So no T.J. Watt is a very big deal, obviously, for the Steelers. The weather is supposed to be cold up there, right? Even if not like Kansas City. Yeah, we... But still, there, it's not as if it's an impossibility. And this is a Mike Tomlin team. Mike Tomlin teams do weird things. Not in the playoffs, necessarily, but they do do weird things. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to look for weaknesses in this Steelers team, and we know that they have had to cycle through several inside linebackers due to injury this season. Yeah. We know that Cole Holcomb's on injured reserve, so is Quan Alexander, who were the two projected starters at the beginning of the season, and they've cycled through others and mix and matched others based on personnel packages down in distance, that kind of thing. How how would you kind of characterize that? Is that still a little unsettled, or do you think they've at least found some kind of a formula to get through games at that position? 
Well, I, I think that that's a fair way to say it, that they have found some sort of formula. I don't know that I would sit here and say, okay, that's a strength in some way. And again, it's all the puzzle pieces. Everybody looks a little bit better when Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt are in front of them. Cam Hayward looks better when he's got TJ Watt out there. You know, so it's 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 a subtraction of more than just one body in losing TJ Watt. I'll tell you if you want to feel something particularly good about, it's the way that Josh Allen has been so good at distributing the ball to so many different pass catchers. That taxes a secondary. And even though the Steelers are expected to have Minka Fitzpatrick back, I believe Minka has in fact just said that he will be playing Sunday. I don't know that anybody is looking at the Steelers secondary as a major strength. Tell us a little bit about the weapons around Mason Rudolph. We know about Jalen Warren and and Najee. Uh, Pickens has been, you know, kind of this guy that's been in the news for some of the wrong reasons, but he has stepped up when they kind of put it on his on his lap. He kind of responded, did he not? He 100%. So to anyone who doesn't know, George Pickens earlier this season very, very, very notably did not block when Jalen Warren was running in for a touchdown. He just kind of stepped back like this and when asked about it said, well, I'm not going to get hurt. We all saw what happened to Tank Dell. Something very similar happened a few weeks prior with Deontay Johnson, who is ostensibly their number one receiver, when there was a fumble and he just turned around and didn't even realize the ball had been picked up by the opponent, made no attempt to chase down the guy that had that ball. It is something that has sort of plagued the Steelers this year, Uh, but everybody's happier when you're winning, and George Pickens certainly is getting the ball. He is a very, very talented receiver. Uh, Since the Steelers have made a change at offensive coordinator, having Mike Sullivan calling the plays, it seems as if they're using him a little bit more intelligently. I'm being very careful how I say all of this. Can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So definitely George Pickens can burn you. Deontay Johnson can burn you too. Pat Fryermuth is a very, very, very good tight end who was grossly and criminally underused earlier in the season who can be very good in the red zone. So there's certainly weapons there. There are right. certainly things that the Steelers can offensively people, the Steelers can offensively turn to and look to do things with. But again, I don't, even though you're pointing to the Steelers having indeed put up points with Mason Rudolph, they're not necessarily someone that you're easily saying is going to be in a barn burner. Right. They they probably would prefer, in fact, a closer, grittier, run-heavy type game. And and we understand why, because the Steelers are 9-2 and in one-score games this year. Their nine (laughs) wins lead the league. So they seem to be comfortable being uncomfortable in a tight game. Bills are 6 and 6 in uh one score games this year although they've won their last four such games down the stretch here. So um if it is tight it seems like both of these teams have an awful lot of recent experience in in dealing with those kinds of circumstances. Well, and I'd say one other thing that sort of really plays on my mind, and that's just because last year I was on the sideline during the Dolphins-Bills first-round playoff game, and I was the Westwood One sideline reporter. It was jarring to me. The Dolphins, if you remember, were up there with nothing to lose starting Skylar Thompson. It was jarring how different those two sidelines were. The Dolphins were loose. Even when there were those early drops, they were still loose. 
and the bills were tight and tense, and it was just pulls apart. I remember that Jay Feely, who had been one of my in-season um, partners, one of the guys in the booth for one of the crews that I worked with, Jay was on the sideline for CBS that game, and he and I were both talking about it, that the bills just seemed nervous and tight. And you worry about that a little bit, you know, in some ways, and you two would know this better than me, so I'd actually love to hear it. From afar, it feels to me that when the bills were sitting at six and six, when it looked like the sky was falling on Sean McDermott, when everybody in that building was telling me that they had never seen McDermott as angry as they were seeing him post-game, all of that, it feels as if they've, whatever the cliche is, circled the wagons, come together and put together this good run and are feeling really good about who they are. From the outside, that's what the bills feel like to me. You can tell me from inside if that's what you're seeing and if there's a good amount of confidence in the way Josh Allen is taking the field and these players are taking the field. Yeah, I would say, and I don't know if Brownie would echo, we talked about those last year's playoff run uh, at length, of course, after it ended with Cincinnati the next week. We we knew going into that it, it was really difficult to get your mind around the Bills doing anything because of what happened to DeMar Hamlin and all the things that they had been right. through, they were spent. And those those playoff Correct. games, it really felt like it was a a tough game for them to even show up to do and think about because of what had happened to them emotionally in that. This does seem like a very different group of guys. Yeah. I would- and to your point, even though they ultimately won the division, it almost feels like they're carrying that underdog mentality simply because they were at six and six and were being written off. So it almost, again, from afar, to me feels that it's not necessarily the same weight and burden of expectation as they were carrying a year ago. Yeah, That's I, right. I think the feeling that Josh Allen tried to portray yesterday was just how grateful they are that they made it through that stretch doing what they needed to do to get to this point. Uh, he was even referencing the fact, he goes, there's a lot of teams that aren't, they don't have practice today. So we're pretty grateful that we have practice and we have the opportunity in front of us. So I think knowing how they had to put a lot of sweat equity just to get where they are right now, I think kind of just has them grateful for the opportunity and not like, oh my God, we have to win. We're the higher seed. I don't think they're thinking like that at all. Um, Right, right. And it makes, you know, it makes a difference. I think about the Ravens in... 2000, the 2019 Ravens, which I guess would have been January of 2020. They were 14 and two heading into a home playoff game. They hadn't been tested all year and they ended up losing to the Titans that year. Being battle tested matters. And to your point about the Steelers earlier, knowing how to win a close game, how do you know how to win a close game? By winning close games. So having been through that really, I think makes a difference. Thank you, Aditi. It's so good to have you on again. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And hopefully there's a reason. Well, I shouldn't actually say that. My husband just came home. I was going to say, hopefully there's a reason to talk next week. But I guess I'm not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> Take care, Aditi. Uh, best of luck in that household. Uh, that's Aditi king from CBS Sports joining us, who has a son who's a Bills fan and a husband who's a Steelers fan. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good thing that she's do? working, although she said her husband was going to be out of town as well. So, right. Um, Wow, that's crazy. Her flight to Kansas City has already been canceled because of that polar vortex that's sweeping down across polar the western vortex. Western port. Isn't that a fun word? Fun it phrase to of, say. It's, the polar vortex is <laughs> in, impending doom is about to arrive. It's, um, listen, it 
it's going like to be something out of a sci-fi. It's going to be bad this weekend. It's going to be bad. We got to hang in there. Right. Um, but yes, and 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 the thing about the Chiefs Dolphins game, it's at eight p.m. on Saturday. It's going to. It'll be well, below I grew zero. Up out, bro, I grew up out there. It's cold, cold. Yeah, out there, it's, cold, it's cold. Real. Yeah. We got to take a break. Uh, more to come when we return, including more on this Bill Steelers matchup. But we also have the latest installment of Excuse Me, Mr. Tasker. We'll see what question we have for Steve when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to a Wednesday. What are we on? Thursday? But no, this is Thursday. Thursday Taco edition. Thursday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but we didn't have it. We missed yeah. it. We missed it. In any event, it's time for Excuse Me, Mr. Tasker, presented by Total Sports Enterprises, an official sports memorabilia partner, the Buffalo Bills. We solicited fans to submit their questions or requests for a story from Wall of Famer Steve Tasker. So winners selected at random will receive a premium mystery box of signed items. This could be a Bruce Smith signed photo or a Stefan Diggs signed jersey, even a signed Jim Kelly replica helmet. Rules do apply. Visit buffalobills.com slash T-S-E Tasker for more information. Winner this week is Angie, who asks, what was your favorite moment from a wild card game as a member of the Buffalo Bills? Well, there's only one answer. I mean, it's the comeback game in January 3rd, 1993, after the 92 regular season. I mean, Bills fan, I'm, the joke goes, and Marv says it, and Bill – I mean, uh, Bill, not Bill Polian, but uh, Marv and Bruce and Jim and all those guys. We've met 1.2 million people who say they were at the game. Yeah. Even and, though that was a blacked yeah. out game. It was, yes. And Frank comes out and throws. And I remember at halftime, somebody asked me what Marv had said at halftime. This was recent. I still get questions about this game. Um, Marv said, the thing I remember at halftime was Marv said, just, hey, we're down 28 to 3. And Marv said, just, just don't let them say you quit. Let's go. I don't know if we can come back and win them, but just don't let them say you quit. And so we come back, and Frank throws – Sweetness throws a pick six right out of the gate. And it's 35-3, to three and infamously, Daryl Talley walks by Marv going out to defend the extra point and says, Marv, we got them right where we want them. And I guess that's a true story. I, I wasn't standing right there. but And then, you know, we, we start plugging away at it. The Oilers completely leave town early. And they weren't. They didn't even show up for after that. And Frank just keeps throwing the football around. And Andre and Beebs. Andre catches three balls, in three touchdowns zone, yeah. in the end zone. Beebs catches a touchdown. Kenny Davis runs in for one, and all of a sudden, um, you end up in overtime winning the game. And it was. Uh, I'll never forget it. It was a little bit like the Naheem Hines opening kickoff return last year against the Patriots after the Demar Hamlin. Oh, that kind of emotion? It was that kind of thing where you think, wow, it's supernatural almost, right? It really did seem otherworldly. A couple of fourth down conversions for touchdowns. This, That one we just saw was a fourth down. This one to Andre was the one that gave him the lead. And this is when, you know, you can see. I mean, look up at the stands. Everybody's back in their seat. It was empty for a minute. Yeah, and there were people, we know this just from the stories, there were people that left the stadium at halftime. And they were in their cars getting ready to leave. And then they hear, after it was 35-3, to 3, you know, by the time they're in their cars getting ready to leave, 
that uh, the Bills scored a touchdown. And then, you know, Bills scored another touchdown. And now people were trying to – there is no reentry. When, yeah. When you, you come to a yeah, football game and that. you leave, you cannot reenter. There's none of that going on. They were climbing the fences. And I remember they, John Butler said, you know, Ralph, Ralph just said, hey, guys, just, just, just let open back the gates. In. Just let, open the gates. <laughs> let them back in. And so they just opened the gates, and people were going and coming, you know, just coming in and out, people coming back into yeah. the stadium. Uh, uh, and Frank, the way he handled himself before, during, and after that game was spectacular, and it gives you an idea of the kind of quality of guy he is. Now, you know, this many years later, he's a two-time head coach in the NFL, and, and uh, just uh, an amazing day. It, was, it really had a supernatural feel, and it wasn't until this past year when those Indianapolis Colts, uh, after firing Frank as their head coach, gave up an even bigger lead. And, that's, and so now it's, it's the biggest comeback in playoff history in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest comeback of all time, but now that's been eclipsed by the Indianapolis Colts letting somebody else, and I can't even remember who it was. And the Jaguars came close to it last year. That's right. Beating the Chargers. They in came, the playoffs. They came from 28 points down. And so that that wild card game – and that's why one of the reasons it sticks with me when people ask me about, you know, wild card weekend, I, I think wild card weekend is the best football of the year. You get two teams that are playing at a high level at that moment, scratching and kicking some of them, and particularly in the wild card round, are scratching and kicking and clawing to get into the playoffs, and they kind of carry that over for a week, Right. And it and it, it bleeds into that next week. Say, all right, here we are. Let's go and just keep it going. You know, and ultimately, it's hard to keep that going for wild card division championship Super Bowl. It's hard to do that. But those first weeks of the playoffs, these first weeks, Super Wild Card is, I think, some of the most exciting and meaningful football ever because it is the playoffs and it does hit a lot of guys for the first time when they're. You know, they've never been in the playoffs before. They've never been in that situation before. It's as big as it gets, and it's, it's interesting to watch it take place. Um, I think it's going to be, the, you know, it's like always, going to be one of the great weekends of the season. Um, that one certainly was with the Bills and the Oilers. 41-38 it ended up, and uh, it's, one, it's one of now two times where it, the, it felt like there was a supernatural thing going on in that stadium. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, Angie, congratulations. You'll be getting your premium mystery box uh, from TSE. So good luck, and we hope you get something you're uh, really going to enjoy. I'm pretty confident that you will. We do have to take a break here. When we return for hour number two, we're going to be joined by content coordinator for BuffaloBills.com, Alec White, who's going to tell us what the Steelers are saying about this upcoming matchup with the Bills in Super Wild Card Weekend when we return here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Presented by Kaleida Health. 
All right, hour number two on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and joined in studio now by content coordinator for BuffaloBills.com, one Alec White. We've seen him pop in periodically through the course of the season for the info on what the opponent is saying leading up to Sunday's matchup. So this week we've put him on the Steelers case. And uh, I guess before we get to all of that, Alec, looks like the third and, well, I shouldn't say the third. The second opponent for the Bills is going to be the weather. It'll be an opponent for the Steelers, too. But weather getting a little dicey heading into the weekend based on some of the local meteorologists' forecasts, like effect snow. Yep. Forecast could be winds, snow, uh, lots of it, cold. So both Bills and Steelers are going to have a lot to, to prepare for for that one. And right. the Steelers already seem to be heading that direction in terms of their preparation. They changed their practice schedule yesterday. Normally they're at you know a, a practice field nearby, but they went and practiced at Accreasure Stadium ye- yesterday. Uh, and it was more to get a feel for, obviously, the elements, but th- right. the footing is, is the main part that Mike Tomlin was talking about, just getting a feel for the playing surface when things are damp. You know, players have different cleat sizes, right? Or the, the you know, the spikes the on the cleats yeah. Yeah. getting figuring out, okay, what's going to be the best, inch, three best size for cleats, guys. Yeah. yeah. They've got multi stud and they've got seven stud. They got all kinds of stuff they check out. It and it Footing was an issue here last week, last year against Cincinnati. Let's yeah. not yeah, guys that. slipping. And it's and here's the problem. I mean, what'll happen is I'm sure they're the same as every other team. When you go on the road, you bring a couple of options. Every guy will bring like three options for shoes. And you go out in the pregame, you try them out, you know, to see how they're going. Because you don't – and plus, you come out for pregame and it's one way. And here in Buffalo, you know how it is, Brownie. You come out – you come back out after the pregame warm-up, you're ready for kickoff, and it's everything's different. It's a problem. So they – some guy – you'll see some guys changing shoes on the sidelines between series. It's, it's really hard to get it right. And uh, because it does change throughout the game and throughout the the pregame the pregame process, so it's 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 an issue. This the weather. Forget about ball handling. The footing is is huge. It's yeah. going to be really huge. This is uh, called Winter Storm Jerry, which is hitting the middle of the country and will sweep eastward. It has a name: heavy snow, freezing rain, and it's Jerry with a G. G E R R I. I don't know how they make these determinations. Like first of all, they go alphabetical in most cases. Well, how do you come up with Jerry with a G? No, it's it's random, computer randomized. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't know, know how. I don't know where they get the list of names from that they're going to come out with. That, that's what I'm that saying. They're going like, to puke out, but yeah, it's it's randomized. Jerry with a G. Jerry. G E R R I. So this isn't the the J number, whatever J A B G. I guess H is next. I don't know. Tenth, they name hurricanes. It's not the tenth they name storm. winter storms. It's not the tenth storm. It's the sixth storm. Is that right? Yeah, a, but what B, we're worried B, about B, is is lake effects. No, that's that's the issue. And, and it could be could be south, could be north of the stadium, or it could be right over the middle of the stadium, you know, before and in the game. It, it it could be you know, as Buffalo people know here, it's could be completely random where that snow decides to. Dump. Right. It's all yeah. based on what direction the wind's coming out of. If it's out of the southwest, right. Might not get hit. If what, it's out of the yeah. West, we're probably getting slammed. What does it? What is uh, the rhetoric? What do the Steeler fans and their? What are they saying about what they're coming to here in Buffalo? What? Do, well, I mean, there's already a radio host. I, I forget his name, but he's you know imploring the Steelers fans that come to Buffalo or are in Pittsburgh to not order buffalo wings for the duration of the week. They are on a buffalo wing strike, 
and they are eating okay. it with ranch. If you're going to get anything, you're having it with ranch. So it, they're on a, a food strike is, I think, the first or specific buffalo food. They're, they're getting rid of that from their diet. So that's, right. that's knock, something knock that's happening. Well, you know, I'm not, ordering <laughs> wings. I'm not ordering wings if I'm in Pittsburgh either. Um, now, if they come to Buffalo and don't order wings, then it's more for us. You yeah, know? That's their loss yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, Mason Rudolph has been uh, a boon to the offensive fortunes. They're averaging 27 points a game with him as their starter, 3-0 and in his three starts. Uh, what Are people, like, bothered by this? Or they're like, well, we've seen such lousy offense all season. We'll take whoever's making it work because that's what Mike Tomlin's doing. He's staying with the hot hand. Curiously, Kenny Pickett's still listed as the starter on the depth chart, though. Like, is there any consternation going on down there? Like, knowing that Pickett is the future, but he's not the right now. Well, Mike Tomlin said they're not going to disrupt the apple cart. That was his direct quote. So that's why they're going to play him again. Yep, right. Got ride the hot hand. Don't disrupt what's working. Uh, if you would have told me that Mason Rudolph would be leading the league in completion percentage over the last three games, I would have called you a fool. But yeah. Mason Rudolph is leading the league in completion percentage uh, the last three weeks since he took over. 3-0, and as you mentioned. He's got three touchdowns as well. But for leading the league in completion percentage, he's throwing a lot of short routes. However, his three touchdowns are all 60-plus yarders. And they're not through the air 60-plus, but they're, you know, Deontay Johnson running 50 yards to the house. You know, right. George Pickens has had a couple big ones. So for as much as we see Mason Rudolph kind of manage the game, they still have those receivers on the outside where if they get in space, you know, one guy falls down in the snow on Sunday, you know, easy house call. Right. We, were, we were just speaking with Aditi Kinkabwala, who lives and works in Pittsburgh and covers them, they, and the AFC North. The Steelers have scored 30 points in two of the three starts that Rudolph has, has made. Uh, 17 points this last week against Baltimore. But they did light it up against Seattle um, and, and, the other, and a couple other teams. So it's not like they don't know how to score points. Seattle's but, also the 30th defense in football. Well, that's, well, there you go. But nevertheless, this is, is one of those uh, games where you've you got to walk into with your eyes wide open. And particularly with a with a bad field service and blowing winds and that kind of thing, and it's the run game too for the Steelers that's really propelled them on you know right. this three and zero stretch. They ran at Seattle forty six times for two hundred and two yards, had three touchdowns. Uh, they ran thirty nine times against Baltimore in the pouring rain, so they're already used to bad a bad weather game uh, from last week. They ran for one hundred and fifty five yards and a touchdown. Uh, Najee Harris just notched his third straight season with 1,000 yards. Uh, so Pittsburgh very capable of winning in, in multiple different ways. And one thing that I think we could see is them using a 13 personnel. They were used that 19 times against the, the Ravens last week. So that's you know one running back, three tight ends. Uh, they ran 19 times for 138 yards out of that formation. Yeah, a lot of time they're 12, but yes, they went to 13 because the weather kind of dictated that. We'll see if they decide to duplicate it in another weather game here this week. Um, all that being said, Rudolph isn't throwing a whole lot. He is strictly a complementary piece to their run game. He's been an effective one, but he's only throwing it like 20, 25 times a game. Right. In these three yeah, he threw it 27 times against the Bengals. 20 times last week in 20 a 20 times last, yeah, yep. yeah. So it's, you're right. It's. He's not, he threw for 150 yards last week. Like, I'm not trying right. to minimize it. The yeah. weather was terrible. You're not going to throw yeah. the ball a lot. But they're, they're, they're leaning on a run game. 
to keep them on schedule. Slop it up, run game, yeah, defense. And, and we're, we're comfortable in a one-score game, and if that's the case, we're happy. I would think they would be, especially as a road team against the number two seed in the AFC. Right. And also Baltimore, you know, they played pretty well defensively. They were resting a lot of guys. Baltimore and Buffalo have run very similar defensive concepts. Uh, the, the both teams run a too high safety look a lot of the time. Buffalo's you know, third in the league using a too high or too high safety look. Baltimore was seventh in the league. Uh, you know the nickel defense with five defensive backs. Buffalo use that goes that direction eighty five or eighty percent of the time. Uh, that's third in the league. Baltimore at eighty two. So philosophically, the Buffalo and Baltimore are two very similar defenses. So if you can find Buffalo this week and find ways to replicate some of that. I know Steelers ended up winning that, but for a large stretch right. of that game, the Steelers couldn't move the football. Right, and that's, that's good for the Bills in preparation, too, because they'll see a team that wants to do what the Bills do well against this Steelers team and what the Steelers did against them. So they'll have some answers for the Steelers' answers. Right. right? So um, that's, that's always a good thing because one of the problems with if you're playing a team and – they've never played a team with your style of football it's hard to get good film the bills should have some really good film by watching the baltimore ravens play against this uh, this pittsburgh offense and defense so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what are what are some of the other things coming out of pittsburgh that you know that are, that are notable about this this matchup well tj watts not going to play in this game right. you know, we, we all kind of knew that they're one and six without him you know it's well documented that they're not the same Pittsburgh defense with when he's not on the field, uh, but the team is a little different this year with Marcus Golden in free agency, and they added another linebacker in the fourth round. Those two guys have combined for 47 tackles and seven sacks this year. Mike Tomlin believes they're a deeper team uh, at you know where T.J. Watt lines up on the field. They feel like they've got some better depth in that area to make up for his loss. And then Minka Fitzpatrick is expected to be back. Uh, he's missed the last three games with a knee injury. So uh, they believe that he will play. He's been limited to start the week, but kind of all signs are pointing to him returning to the field. Yeah, the draft choice you're referring to is Nick Herbig, and he had a big game in the preseason game against the Bills. Granted, he was second string for them going against Buffalo's second stringers, and he was getting in the backfield an awful lot. He was an accomplished pass rusher at Wisconsin, I want to say, is where he came out of. Um, and he's not a fit for every defense in the NFL, but he is a fit in a 3-4 scheme because he's kind of an undersized pass rusher. So you line him up at outside linebacker, and that kid can go. He's, he's really clever um, as a pass rusher. I'm looking at his stat line from the preseason game back in August. He had two tackles, a sack, uh, tackle for loss, quarterback hit, pass defense, and a forced fumble. So um, he was. I noticed him, I guess is my point that I'm trying to make when we were there in August doing the Bills-Steelers preseason game. So just I'm, I'm curious to see how far his game has come along, knowing he's probably going to get some opportunities with Watt out of the lineup. Him and Golden are probably going to be rotating, I would think. Yeah, rushing the passer, you know, stopping the run. I think the Bills are going to try to establish that run game with James Cook and whoever decide whoever's going to be that that secondary option for the Bills. So, a lot of chess pieces that are going to be moving around, especially in the elements. Another guy that killed it in the preseason game against the Bills was Jalen Warren. Had a 62-yard touchdown, and we know that he is clearly the more explosive of the two backs between him and Najee. Um, but they're kind of a good one-two punch knowing what their offensive approach has been I mean surprise surprise the running back coach 
gets promoted to offensive coordinator, and what are they doing? They're running, running the tar the out backs. of the ball. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a he's a dual threat. Like he's pretty good catch catcher of the ball out of the backfield, and you know he can make big plays. He's yeah. got five targets in five consecutive five or more targets in five consecutive games. Even you know going back to last week at Baltimore in the rain, uh, he did have two fumbles, one of the, which he lost against the Ravens. So that could be an issue of concern for him. Younger running back, it's going to be his first playoff game. Najee Harris has been there in the playoffs before. You think, you know, a couple years yeah. ago against, you know, against the Browns, you know, that obviously didn't go the Steelers way, but Najee is more of your, your veteran presence that you want to lean on and can probably trust more in the run game. But Harris or Jalen Warren, excuse me, is, you know, certainly an explosive back has a couple hundred yard games this season. It's funny. You knew he was going to have quite the season because that you know, we've been showing the run that he made against the the Bills in that preseason game. It's the only carry he had. That's very telling. He got in there, one run, 62 yards. You know they what? Him, you yeah. sit down. You know, yeah. that's it. Let's I mean, play some other guys so he, you don't get hurt. Yeah, they treated him, they treated him like an all-pro. Um yeah. they knew. I mean, they absolutely oh, yeah. knew how good I he was going to be. Yeah. Undrafted I mean, undrafted dude. This is, I mean, it's amazing you can find running backs like this on the undrafted scrap heap, for lack of a better term. Alec, thanks for all the info. We appreciate it. We'll uh, make sure people stay tuned to buffalobills.com for more info leading up to Sunday. Thanks, guys. All thanks right, for that's in. content coordinator Alec White from buffalobills.com joining us. We'll take a break. Be back with more here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. up like a pro with the temperatures dropping for this weekend's wild card game the team will be warming up on the sidelines with bone broth you can get yours at Wegmans as they have their healthy and delicious refrigerated organic chicken bone broth which is like no other there are just two ingredients organic chicken bones and water slowly simmered for 16 hours to extract a richer and superior flavor creating a naturally thick and delicious broth. Great for soups, casseroles, or simply to heat up and drink it straight. Wegmans is the official tailgate headquarters of the Buffalo Bills. We got some right here. Yeah. I got to say, this is like... It's it's not... It's good. What can I say? It's good. It's a broth, yeah. And amazingly, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, I mean, this is like... Uh, you just get it right in the jar at Wegmans. It's hearty, too, so it's nice. I mean, bring That's- it to your tailgate... Absolutely. Have a cup and of I that say, before we had you that go thing. in. When the when the Bills had that, maybe it was it last year. No, it was the. I think it, it was, was the, the perfect game. Right, against the perfect the playoff game. Um, the CBS crew, Ian Eagle and his crew, had a little hit about the broth that the guys were oh, yeah. drinking down there. They so were, it's yeah, it works good. We saw Micah Hyde the other day, and we were talking to him about bone broth because we knew we were going to be talking about this on right. the show. I said, "How do you guys?" consume it and he says oh we just pour it in a cup and i just drink it like a drink right he goes i don't got time to waste with a spoon or anything i got my game gloves on and stuff and he goes when it's cold i'm not taking my gloves off right so they just pour it right out of a hot container that they have into a cup and they just sip it up he goes oh my god it's good he goes keep you warm for two quarters says a veteran move you gotta you gotta sell the rookies on actually trying it yeah but yeah the veterans all hit it yeah, so we, it was kind of cool talking to Micah about that. Like, just 
There's he zip- knew he goes, oh yeah, he, he's like all over it. Yeah, he knew like exactly we mentioned what- it to him. He goes, oh absolutely. Like yeah. it was a, a, it's like, a given. You know, some people give you a look when you say something. I mean, he knew exactly what we were referring to because they've been using it. Yeah. On the sidelines, so might not be a bad idea this weekend. You're out at your tailgate. You're going to be out in the elements for a few hours before drink you even go players, into the stadium. Drink what the players drink. Well, no, I mean, it works for the players. Like, <laughs> you have a cup of this, you're probably good through the first half. Right? Right. I mean, you're not even feeling the yeah. cold until you get to the second half, and, you know, there you go. So kind of a good way to prepare your own body uh, for enduring the elements at Sunday's game. So once again, uh, it's the chicken bone broth that you can get at Wegmans. And uh, like we said, all you got to do is just pour it out. You could put it in a cup like this. We just did it here. You put it in like a little serving cup like this and uh, just heat it up. Yeah. I and mean, you're at home, just pop it in the microwave. It's really good. For like 30, 40 And like I said, seconds. there's, you know, there's, what is it, broth and water? Yeah, it's, there's two ingredients. Yeah. It's organic chicken bones and water, and they simmer it for 16 hours yeah. to come up with this. And the, here's the other thing. You want to talk about protein. 19 grams of protein per serving in bone broth. Yeah, that's why the players so, like it. I mean, you're talking, I mean, that's a shot. Yeah. 10 grams of collagen as well per serving. Prove your skin. Look at that. Yeah. Protein you for your muscles, collagen for your skin. Mm-hmm. Hard to do much better than that. Yeah. So pick it up at your local thanks Wegmans for, for this weekend's tailgate. Thanks for letting us try. It was good. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's great this time of year in the cold weather. There's no question about it. So be sure to check it out at your local Wegmans because they're the official tailgate headquarters of the Buffalo Bills. I uh, think we got to take – do we have to take another break? No, we don't. We can keep going here. Um, so I wanted to get to the football relationship hotline – which is presented by Pepsi. And obviously, if you have a football viewing dilemma, you can give us a call as well at 803-0550-1888-550-2550. But we did have a couple of submissions come in uh, on the tweet sheet for the football relationship hotline. First one, Steve, is from Bob. He says, yeah, it's my wife's birthday the day before the game, but she treats it as a birthday Weekend. weekend, so I am not sure if I'll be able to watch any part of the game. So he seems pretty convinced that his entire weekend is going to be swallowed whole by his wife's birthday. It may, he Well, he makes it sound, and I don't know that this is accurate, he makes it sound like it's a deliberate attempt to not let him watch the game. Right. I am going to suggest the following, Steve. Okay? <laughs> what are you going to suggest? If, if you believe... <laughs> She wants the whole weekend. You have the perfect solution here, Bob. <laughs> you give her Saturday, and her, you give her your undivided attention all day yeah. Saturday, which is her actual birthday. And then, leading up to this weekend, and you should start early, you negotiate a compromise, which is as follows. We have a national holiday on Monday. Okay. So you have an extra day to play with here. Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Hopefully you and your wife do not have work on Monday. So in exchange for getting Sunday just to watch the Bills, you say we will extend your birthday weekend into Monday, and you will have something planned, Bob. 
<laughs> for Monday. Don't just leave it open-ended. So you can watch your Bills on Sunday. You are in a fortuitous position here because you have a national holiday on Monday with which to work. Make yeah. the most of Monday. Offer that to your missus as the extension of her birthday weekend. And in exchange... You get to watch the Bills game on Sunday. I think it's a foolproof yeah, it plan. It is. It's a, good, it's a good plan. Have a good plan of what to do, though, on Monday, which yeah. could, be prepared, could have you indoors. So have something that you, know, you can do with her that's fun, that you know she enjoys on Monday. Maybe it's her favorite movie. Maybe it's something you found uh, you know, on one of the streaming services that you think she'd like. Maybe it's something as simple as that. You make her a nice dinner in. Something yeah. like you got. You have I'll to have a plan, too. though. Yeah, you got to plan ahead. But also, this you could. Uh, and when you're talking about birthdays and things like that, um, if you had enough lead time and you could find a place, you could also schedule a a spa day that starts at like noon and goes until five. Right. You could schedule her a spa day where she's gone during that time, and and it's her gift. That is the other uh, option. That's a little pricey. But at least you get to watch the game, and you'd have to, you know, and you can't make it like a couple's spa day either. You know, right? You got to. Oh no, this is just for this you, is just honey. for you, baby. Um, you deserve it. So, but you got to find a spa that's a open and on one that, and one that has stuff that she can do during the game, right during the game. All of that. Yep. Um, so you could put your put her gift in lieu of the game right there at game time. So and make sure it overlaps a good amount on either end. So that's a possibility as well. I like that idea as well. So you got to get planning now, though. As we say all the time, the key to these workarounds is planning ahead. Don't just accept your fate. Come up with a constructive solution ahead of time. B. Smith on the football relationship tweet sheet says, you can always use what I do. I know you you may be busy. But we as Bill's Mafia can congregate at my place and have all the televisions on volume 100, and I'll make all the food. Just B-Y-O-B. All right. Well, that's very noble of you, B. Smith. Um, I don't know if you want to put that call out there. You might get more people showing up at your house than you think. <laughs> might have a full house pretty quickly. Well, I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe he's got a big house. Maybe he does. He's got five TVs. B. Smith. I know a guy named Bruce Smith. Maybe that's him. He does have the space. Yeah. So you got to go all the way down to Virginia Beach. That's, that's, that's a little it's bit a of a tough, haul. tough commute. Dave on the football relationship hotline tweet sheet says, "Is it okay to back out of going to a watch party this weekend if you know you're going to be outnumbered by Steeler fans at the party? They are all friends, but Steeler fans are insufferable." Thanks. <clears throat> I think you're you're well within your right because if if you feel like your viewing enjoyment is going to be sullied by an ornery opposing fan contingent. Right. And you can bet, depending on how the game goes, they're going to be happy and you're going to be miserable, or vice versa. You're going to be miserable and they're going to be happy. Um, yeah. I'm, yes, you can always opt out of a watch yeah. party. You're because well if there's more people in there, you can, you, you can do what you want. You don't have to show up. But the party's going to happen no matter what, right? It's not like it's your birthday. So... There's that, or you can just make a pact and just say, and once again, get out in front of it and say, I'm going to be there, but I promise you, you're not going to want me there because I'm going to, I'm going to be as obnoxious <laughs> as I can possibly be. Yeah. If my team goes up and we're going to win, you're, you're, those people are going to be no longer friends because yeah. I'm going to be insufferable. But 
But you got to be ready to do that. You, you, you are well within your rights to pull the ripcord here. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and the other part of that is birds of a feather flock together for a reason. They enjoy each other's company more because they're all pulling for the same thing. Right. So watch mixed, it with Bills fans. You'll have a much more a, enjoyable time. Right. A mixed watch party is tough. Yeah. It's tough to begin with. Because, so you got to know you're getting it. And you got to, it's almost got to be like good natured family that you've always done it. And it's, you know, kind of one of those things where you know nobody's going to get out of line, that kind of thing. If it's people you know, fine. If, if it's really close friends and you're always going to be friends, that's one thing. But if it's like a group of people you met a couple of times, and it's kind of, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a no for me, I think. That's hard to do. Yeah. Well, within your rights, Dave, to pull the ripcord and kind of just watch the game with. Fellow Bills yeah. fans. It's a, but also, I'll admit, I'll admit that's a judgment call. How well do you yeah. know the people? How many are going to be there? Because you don't really know the atmosphere until you get there. Yeah. And not all fans are created equal, right? There's some that you can live with and some you cannot. Yeah. So there, you know, you got to, you got to. It's a judgment call. Yeah. Good luck with that, Dave. Uh, we hope for nothing but the best for you. Uh, let's go to the phones at eight zero three zero five fifty and to Mark in West Seneca next. What do you got for us, Mark? Uh, I'll try to make this quick. Uh, you guys mentioned the great comeback game, which jogged my memory about this story real quick. Um, I'm about 14. Uh, it's in the 70s. We're playing the Raiders on Monday Night Football. O.J. fumbles late in the game, and I'm there with my dad and my brother, and they pick it up, run it uh, in for the go-ahead score. My dad looks at us and says, come on, we're out of here. We go out in the parking lot. There's a big roar. Oh, Joe Ferguson throws a go-ahead winning touchdown to Omar Rashad, and I look at my dad and I say, we're never leaving a game early again. Fat, subsequently, years later, my dad passes away. Now I'm at the greatest comeback game ever. I'm with my brother again. Everybody knows what the score was. Halftime, my brother wants to leave. I look at him and I say, and I'm thinking to my dad, I'm not leaving. He, oh, they, Frank throws the interception. Now my brother really wants to leave. I hand him the keys to the car. I say, if you want to go sit in the car and wait, fine. I'm not leaving. We all know what happened. Wow. So, What'd your brother do? My, my brother stayed. Okay. He did stay. So, but as a season ticket holder for 30 years, because of that one game and me being a generational fan from my dad, never left a single home game early. Everyone to the final gun. And believe me, there were some real painful oh, ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, had yeah. to, you got around to make that claim. You're, it's a. It's a, it's a hard row to hoe. Yeah. No question about it. So hey, congratulations to you and and, you know, if Glad you, learn, you stuck with it, if you learn a lesson, you don't unlearn it. That's right. And Mark clearly did. Uh, let's go to Bill in South Buffalo. What do you got for us, Bill? Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you today? Doing well. Okay, I got a scenario for you. Okay. Nick Saban retires yesterday abruptly, unexpectedly. Nobody knew he was going to retire. Bill Belichick gets fired, for lack of a better word. How about him going to the San Diego Chargers and hiring Nick Saban as his defense coordinator because Saban knew that Belichick was out the door, and that's why he retired a day earlier. Because a week earlier, he had team meetings and stuff telling him how we're going to be good this next year and everything else. And then he abruptly retires. What do you guys think about that? And yeah. one more thing, my, my Bill's prediction – Bills will win by 21-plus on Sunday. Mark it down. Okay. Okay. Wow. Bill, very confident about this weekend. I don't know if the weather's going to allow for that, but maybe it does. Snowstorm. Um, As far as the – I mean, I'm sure there are going to be multiple teams interested that have had trouble finding success 
in interviewing Bill Belichick for their head coaching position. Atlanta seems to be the hot name right now. They are loaded for bear in terms of offensive talent. Their defense is what needs help, and you know Belichick knows defense. Of course, they still have to have an answer at quarterback, too, since Desmond Ritter wasn't exactly what they had hoped for, the former third-round draft choice. So there, there's stuff on the to-do list there in Atlanta, but there are some New England connections. You know, Scott Pioli used to work down there. There was another guy in the front office with New England ties. So there's there's certain amount of recon that can be done there as well. Um, but I'm sure there'll be other teams. I've, I've heard Tampa out there in the ether. The Chargers have been mentioned as well. I don't see Saban joining him, though. He's actually, Saban's actually older than Bill. Saban is 72. And at the most recent press conference, Saban, in a veiled way, mentioned health concerns. He was not specific, but... It sounds like there are other reasons for him stepping away from coaching, which, you know, Steve, as Steve has outlined several times, is a lifestyle and very demanding, both physically and mentally. And because of the hours involved and never getting enough sleep, it wears the body down, quite literally, uh, that job. So I, I think there's a little bit more to it that we probably really don't know on the outside. I'd be surprised if Saban re- returns to coaching in any form or fashion. Yeah, and I, I think if you're Bill Belichick, um, I think this is one of those things I talk about all the time. I think you'd be surprised at how many candidates remove themselves from the conversation. There might be some franchises that Bill Belichick knows all too well already that he'll say, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, you've got college kids stiff-arming teams. John Elway wanted no part of the Baltimore Colts. Or Indianapolis or Colts. Or in, it was the Baltimore Colts at the time. Right. Uh, Pate, um, Eli Manning said no thanks to the Chargers. Um, I mean, there are some franchises in the past, not always and not, not currently and you know, whatever. I'm not saying anything about anybody, but you got – some probably opportunities out there of all these ones we know about, Atlanta, Carolina, L.A. Chargers, the Raiders, um, that the, some of these candidates will just say, you know what, no, no thanks. Uh, so, And that that's never made public because the candidate doesn't want to show up an owner because another owner will say, if you're going to show him up, what is going to keep you from showing me up? So they'll never come out and say, no, I didn't want to work for that guy. Uh, but I think it happens. Yeah, I think it happens, and this may be. If you're Bill Belichick, you can. You can yeah, you certainly are not going to be without a job if you want one. Got to take a break here because when we come back, we may have some post-practice podium sound from the players. As soon as we do, we'll bring it to you here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Bills fans, the Northtown Automotive Driven to Win Sweepstakes is now live. Enter for your chance to win four Bud Light Club tickets, four pregame on-field passes, and four Toyota Tunnel VIP Experience passes. All you have to do is visit buffalobills.com slash Northtown for your chance to win. And just as a reminder, Matty Glab and myself will be out 
at Northtown Automotive on Friday on Millersport Highway from 1 to 3, doing the show remotely from there. So stop by if you want. Come say hi. We'll be uh, happy to talk to you during commercial breaks, of course. But, uh, yeah, we'll be out there in Amherst tomorrow. So come check us out. Got to go to the post-practice podium now, though. Terrell Bernard is addressing the media. An extra edge and an advantage. Um, You know, just having the opportunity to, to be at home and play in front of them. And you know, just feel the energy. I think it's I think it's going to be huge for us. Yeah, I think just the the intensity. Um, you know, obviously every game throughout the regular season counts and everything matters. But once you get to the playoffs, it's a it's a, li- a little bit uh, a little bit different. Um, and you know, everything's on the line. And you know, we understand that. And you know, just being a rookie, I feel like you know I had I had a unique experience to. To be able to see, you know, how much it means to everybody in the building, um, all the guys on the team. Um, so I think, I think just the the intensity and you know the care factor of everybody, like you get to you get to really see that and really feel that. About the emotional toll that you guys undertook last year down the stretch, going into the playoffs, the fatigue that you all talked about. What's different this time around with what's happened with the, these last five or six weeks going into the playoffs? Does it feel like there's a, a, a renewed energy? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you hit it, you know, kind of last year, just so much going on. Um, you know, very, very unique season. Um, and, you know, I feel like we felt that definitely. Um, and then this year, you know, just the everything that we went through to get to this point, to, you know, have the opportunity to play at home in our first playoff game, Um and you know, finish, you know, first in the AFC East. You know, I think, you know, we talked about finding an identity. You know, a few games back, and I feel like we've we've been able to do that and establish that. And you know, that's something that we've been you know really trying to build on and you know trying to trying to manifest. And I feel like that's that's coming to fruition now. And you know, we know who we are. We know who we need to be. And you know, I think if that team shows up, you know, I feel like we could play with anybody. I think, especially on defense, you know, being fast, physical, affecting the quarterback, stopping the run, and taking the ball away. Uh, those are a few things that we talk about and a few things that, you know, we, we live by. And we understand if we're able to do those things, you know, it, it'll help us win games. Look at the number of times you've lived this. It's a lot. It's much more than Tremaine did in the world last year, kind of similar to what he did two years ago. Do you feel like from the beginning of the season to now, you've grown in your ability to blitz? And then how have you for yourself? Yeah, I think so. I think really just understanding protections, um, understanding what you know Coach McDermott's trying to get done with the with the blitz and with the pressures, and then understanding my role within the defense. And you know when understanding that you know when your number's called, you gotta you gotta be effective and you know make plays. Um, so I think you know just just through time and through reps, I feel like you get a better sense and a better feel for it, and you know it becomes a little bit more natural. And I feel like. You know, as the season has, has gone on, I feel like I've gotten I've gotten better at that, and you know, still a, a ton to improve on, and you know, certain areas that I know I know I can I can get better at. But you know, looking back at it, I feel like you know, from week one to to now, you know, it's been a huge huge difference. How is uh, Balin handling an increased role, and how are you helping? Yeah, Balin's been great. Um, you know, he's a, a true professional. You know, just throughout this whole season, you know, he's done, you know, just as much studying and preparation as anybody. Um, so I feel like, you know, we, we were able to see that against Miami last week when he came in and, you know, didn't miss a beat. Um, 
so I think, you know, just communication, you know, when we're out there together, uh, we're, we're working together and we're doing everything together. We're watching tape together, you know, we're studying together. Um, so me and him, you know, trying to be on the same page in every aspect of the game plan and every aspect of communication and execution and making sure that everybody else around us is lined up and, you know, making sure everybody's on the same page. Um, so I feel like, you know, last week and then leading up to this week, he's been, he's been great. And, you know, it's been, it's been fun working with him. All right. So that's Terrell Bernard addressing the media here after practice today. And he was asked there at the end, Steve, about Balin Spector, who very well may have to start this week if Tyrell Dotson uh, cannot recover in time from his shoulder injury suffered in last week's game. And this would be another good week to have Balin Spector in the lineup because his strength is defending the run. Right. And you know this Steelers team is going to run the ball. Yeah. They, they've proven their ability to do it and the desire to do it. Um, as good and as fun as it's been to see Mason Rudolph go through this streak with them and get him into the playoffs and all that, they are not leaning on Mason Rudolph to win this game. It's Jalen Warren and Najee Harris that are the keys. And it would if, if Dodson cannot go, Spectre is a good option to turn to for sure. Um, it is interesting, though, that A.J. Klein was added to the practice squad. Could he be right. a practice squad elevation at the end of the week as a backup option sure. to those two? I think yeah. it's a possibility. Yeah. That's it for us today. Catch Matty Glab and myself out at Northtown Automotive tomorrow for Friday's show. We'll see you at 1.